Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We announced at the beginning of this year that the Spirit of God had put on, on my heart that this was the year for this church, for New Beginnings Christian Church, to become aware of the things of the Spirit. Many of, many of you, many of us, we should say, have gone through a lot of things over the past few years. Some of you even more. And, and when you go through hardship, it automatically makes your focus get so concentrated on natural things. What we have, what we don't have. What's happening in my life, what's going on in my job, all these other things. And the more you get connected to this earth, the less you're aware of the things of the Spirit. Now for us, who are believers, if you're here tonight, and you have at some point in your life made a commitment to the Lord, ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. In other words, what I'm saying is if you've experienced what John talked about, in, 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 excuse me, what Jesus talked about in John 3, that born again experience where you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, your spirit went from being dead to being alive now, okay? It should be very natural for us to be aware of the spirit because it is the spirit of God that made you alive. It is the spirit of God that came and drew you to the Lord Jesus and made you understand who he is and realize who he is so that you can take that step of faith. Now, I know there's some here tonight that have never had that opportunity yet. But before we leave here tonight, you'll have that opportunity to personally ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life, to be your Lord and Savior, for you to personally receive the free gift of salvation. The Bible explains that to us in the New Testament that when we make that step, our spirit becomes alive instantaneously unto God. And from that point forward, whether dead, whether, whether our bodies are dead or whether we're, we're here on earth alive, our spirit is connected to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Amen. How, how many how many be willing to let the Holy Spirit open up your heart tonight so you can receive this message spiritually? Spiritually. Good, good, good. I want to start off with a quote from a book. Some of you probably read this on a daily basis. It's called Our Daily Bread. It's a devotional. How many of you are aware of that book? Okay. This is from February 23rd, 2015, which was just about a year ago. Two years ago, actually. It's entitled, The Unseen World. I want you to listen closely. Did you know that the, that the microbes on just one of your hands outnumber all the people on the earth? Or that millions of microbes can fit into the eye of a needle? These one-cell living organisms are too small for us to see without a microscope, yet they live in the air, in the soil, in the water, and even in our bodies. We constantly interact with them even though their world is completely beyond our senses. The realm of the spirit operates the same way. We interact daily. We reap the benefits of the good, and we fight off the evil of the darkness. It is very alive all around us, but most of the time, we are unaware of that realm. In the book of Numbers, Numbers is, is, is one of the books in the, in the New Test, excuse me, Old Testament, very early on, written by Moses. In chapter 22, there's a story about a man named Balaam, a prophet. Balaam discovered this truth uh, in a very dramatic way. Many of you who know the story, I don't have time to go through the whole thing. He's, he's, he's riding along, he's trudging along a road with two of his servants. He's on a donkey when all of a sudden his donkey sees an angel of the Lord 
standing in the way with a drawn sword in his hand. It's in Numbers chapter 22, verse 23. To avoid the angel, the animal come, gets off the road, it walks into a field, and, and Balaam's foot is crushed against a wall, and, and, and the donkey lays down with Balaam still on her back. And Balaam was very angry, struck the donkey. He didn't realize that something supernatural was going on until God opened his eyes. Apparently, a jackass was much more entombed to the spirit realm than the one who was supposed to be a prophet. Here is the angel of the Lord trying to stop Balaam, who was on his way to do something that God had warned him not to do. And in disobedience to the, to the commandment of God, he's on his way. When this donkey's eyes are open, he's allowed to see into the realm of the spirit. And he sees an angel there with a drawn sword. Man, it's scary enough when an angel shows up to begin with. But when an angel's got a sword in his hand, somebody's going to die. And so, although he's not aware, there was something very supernatural happening around him. Most of us live that same way. We go about our business on a daily basis with very little idea of the forces that are at work in our lives. Now listen very closely, okay? The Bible tells us that there is a realm, there's a spirit world that does exist. And we may, in our lives, and probably will, encounter realities from that realm, both good and bad. It's, it's around us. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2 says, tells us not to forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. My wife tells a story about what happened one Christmas many years ago when we were wiped out financially. No money whatsoever for Christmas. Now she was at a store in a parking lot, and actually I think it was on Route 37 in Tom's River because we were living in Seaside at that time. And uh, some woman came up to her and told her to follow her to her car, opened up the car trunk, and here she is. And we have four sons. At that time, there were four little boys. And she had toys for every one of those boys exactly to match the ages of each every one of them. She took them, put them in her car, turned around. The woman disappears. Angels deliver toys. Imagine that. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, on the other hand, and verse 12 tells us, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There is a spirit world that's right around us. And that spirit world are both good forces from the kingdom of God and evil forces from the kingdom of darkness. Because of this, we're encouraged to be watchful, prayerful, and prepared. Just as God rules over the world that we see, he also rules over the unseen world. He sees the seen unseen. And this is what we're talking about for these next two weekends. Seeing beyond the seen. Being constantly aware of this fact is a major weapon of warfare. When you're ignorant that there is another realm, and that within that realm, you're known, both in God's kingdom and in the kingdom of darkness. God has a plan for your life, but most of the time we don't talk about the fact that the enemy of our souls has a plan for our life. 
Now, I want to talk about an incident that's recorded for us in, in the Old Testament, in 2 Kings chapter 6. This is a story that involves one of the main prophets of Israel, the prophet Elisha. Now, bear with me. I've got to lay some foundation here. I'm just going to follow through with Scripture. I'm going to start in verse 8. Now, the king of Syria was making war against Israel. It's nothing new. The king of Syria is making war against Israel today. Same scenario, different people. Now the king of Syria is making war against Israel and he consulted with his servants saying, my camp will be in such and such a place and the man of God sent to the king of Israel saying, beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are coming down there. What just happened? The king of Syria is making plans. He's discussing attack plans with his men, his, his servants, his soldiers. But the prophet of God, by the Holy Spirit, hears this. He's been, it's been revealed to him what the king of Syria is planning to do. And so what does he do? He contacts the king of Israel and says, hey, listen, this is what's going on. Stay away from such and such a place because that's where they're coming. And sure enough, it was verified. So then the king of Israel sent someone to that place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him. And he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled. Well, I would be too. If my secret plans are being discussed openly in another country, that's going to get my attention. Wouldn't it get yours? So, the king calls his servants together and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, who's the traitor? Where's the spy? How is this information being leaked so, so accurately? And one of his servants, verse 12, one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who was in Israel tells the king of Israel the words you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told him saying, surely he is in Dothan, a city in Israel. Therefore, the king of Syria sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots, and his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? In other words, bro, we got a big problem on our hands. <laughs> Verse 16. Well, I love this answer. So he answered. Who answers? Elisha. Do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Amen. Now let's stop right there. <clears throat> It's Elisha and his servant. Two people. <laughs> the king of Syria has sent an entire army, plus all his charioteers. They've surrounded the city. Elisha says, don't worry about it. There's more with us than with them. And, and the servant's going, one, two. <laughs> Verse 17, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. Amen. And we get nervous when we can't pay our mortgage. And we get nervous when we don't know if we're going to be able to put food on the table. And we get nervous if we don't know if we're going to have a job next week. And we get nervous. 
And the reason why we get nervous and the reason why we fall into fear is because we're ignorant of what's happening around us and the forces that the Lord has sent and the provision that he has made. Because we have been trained, especially in our society, that if we can't touch it, if we can't feel it, if we can't taste it, it doesn't exist. But the truth of the matter is, they were there all the time. Most of us determine the reality of our lives by our physical senses. Now, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure that for Elisha's servant, reality for him when he woke up that morning was there's thousands of soldiers outside. They're mounted on powerful war horses who could wipe out the entire town before nightfall. That was a reality. But the higher reality was the fact that God already knew what was going to happen. The fact that God has his forces. God has his angels. God has provision made for us. Amen. Now, if you can imagine what it must have looked like in the shock of what that man experienced that morning. But for Elijah, that wasn't reality. Elisha, for him, reality was that even greater and more powerful army of angels was surrounding the city. These angels were there all along. The, the problem was Elijah's servant didn't have eyes to see it. And so many times we walk through life, we don't have eyes to see the reality of what's really going on in that other realm. And so we, we just cut ourselves short. We, we, we sell God short. And we start determining our responses. We start reacting, not to the reality of the realm of what's going on in the spirit, but the reality of what we see, what we touch, what we feel, what we hear. And when we do that, our faith collapses. You notice that the servant's inability to see them didn't negate their existence. They didn't show up when his eyes were open. They were already there all the time. Now that prayer that Elijah prayed, it was a prayer of faith, opened up his eyes to see the spiritual reality. And spiritual reality is the ultimate reality, superseding the reality that we perceive with our natural eyes. Are you listening? The prayer offered in faith changed the reality of the battle for the servant. But the fact is, the help Elisha and his servant needed was there all the time. T turn to somebody and say, it was there all the time. Amen. Psalm 46, verse 1. Listen to this one. This will pump you up. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. God doesn't just show up when you need him. You think you whistle and God goes, oh, oh he, he's always there. He's always there. You don't catch him by surprise. He doesn't jump off his throne just because you whistled. Verse 2, therefore, because of the fact that God is my refuge, because of the fact that God is my strength, because of the fact that he's an ever-present help in trouble, therefore, verse 2, therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, we're not going to fear. Elisha had no fear that day. Why? Because he was, listen, he was much more aware of what was existing in that realm that was unseen 
than he was of that which was seen. He did not let what he could see with his natural eyes shake him because his confidence was not in what he could see. His confidence is what is unseen. I love that. I, don't know, I, get, I get more excited. I don't know. These forces that were guarding Elijah were ever present. He was aware of them. But the servant who allowed his fear to grip him was completely unaware. Think about the times when you've been faced with a challenge. Think about the times when you've been faced with some kind of traumatic news or report. Something happens to you, you're involved maybe in a car accident. So many people get traumatized in car accidents and fear becomes part of their life after that. They won't drive on the parkway. They won't drive if, at night. They won't drive if there's, you know, if I get to go in the street with there's tractor trailers, you know. What happens? Fear grips them. And that fear gives way. It's an open door for the enemy to come in and bring even more fear. If that's you, shut the door. Close the door on that fear. Begin this night to make a commitment that you're going to trust God. That you don't have to see it all. But you know that he's there. Amen? Amen. Now, this whole thing, that story is recorded for us. So that we would become aware of the presence of God, of the presence of, of that realm that he's in in our lives, around our lives, upholding us, going before us, following behind us. Jesus is recorded for us in John chapter 14, made this statement, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, verse we heard tonight during the offering. And I will pray the Father, watch this now, and he will give you another helper, that he, the helper, which we know is the Holy Spirit, may abide with you for how long? Forever. Always there. So, so, so is he there only when you feel him? Because no. oh, we say, you know, you, you know, I've been in this thing for 32 years and, and I know many, you know, years ago people used to say stuff like, oh man, I feel him, he's here. He's here because my goosebumps, my goosebumps. Well, what if you didn't get goosebumps? Does that mean he's not here? <laughs> oh, you know, you know, you don't know, Pastor, you know when the presence of God comes, you know, it just sells, sends chill bumps up my spine. Well, what if you're getting chill bumps? Does that mean he took off tonight? Jesus said he'd be with us always. And listen, he specializes in opening up the eyes of God's people to see the greater reality. Church, listen to me. If you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit within you. His desire is to make you more aware of the realm that he is in more than the realm that you're living in every day. Elisha did not have the Holy Spirit in him. Elisha's best hope is that once in a while, the Holy Spirit would come upon him and he'd be able to do supernatural things just like this incident here. Elisha prays. And God hears that prayer and, and opens the eyes of that servant. Now I'm sure if we were there for Elijah, Elijah would say, yes, the hand of the Lord was upon me. That's an Old Testament way of saying, yeah, yeah, I, I felt the Holy Spirit come on me. You remember when Jesus came up out of that water of baptism? It says that the Holy Spirit, like a dove, not, it didn't say he was a dove, like a dove, set upon him, 
came upon him. And from that point forward, the Holy Spirit was on Jesus' life. Amen? Amen? But Elisha couldn't depend on that. He's living in a different age. Jesus had not yet gone to the cross. The Holy Spirit had not yet come to the earth to stay. But it's been 2,000 years now that the Holy Spirit is here on the earth. The Holy Spirit's not in heaven. He's here on earth. If we were to go to heaven right now, we'd see God the Father. We'd see the Lord Jesus. He's seated at his right hand. Where's the Holy Ghost? Well, he's not here. He's on earth. Where is he? Is he in a building in Jerusalem? No. He's in you. Always. Always. Years ago, we didn't have that reality. It wasn't a revelation to us. But now it is. So years ago, we'd we come to church and, and act like the Holy Spirit only showed up when we got here. So, we, so, so well, well, we need to sing a lot of songs now. Why? Because, you know, maybe he might not show up after the first one. We laugh now. When we first started the church, we used to do seven, eight songs. Dear God, what were we thinking? But you see, the mindset behind this is, you know, we've got to work this up. You know, we, 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 so we'd, we'd cry out, oh God, let the Holy Ghost fall. He's like, what are you talking about? He's there. He's not here. He's there. And we'd waste time. And people would leave church and think, okay, well, I experienced the Holy Ghost when I was there, but now I've got to go home. No more Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I'm giving it to him. He's going to be with you always. He said, he'll abide with you. If he abides with me, that means he's coming home with me. When I come here, he's coming with me. I'm not coming here to meet him. I'm coming here to meet you. We come to church to meet one another. If you're coming to church, you know, I got to go to church, you know, because I, I need to experience God. Oh, honey, you got into religion. You got into religion. He's with you. He's as close as the mention of his name. He lives inside you. And everything that pertains to that realm is yours. The Apostle Paul prayed for the believers in one of Rome's largest cities in the empire. He prayed for the people at Ephesus that they would experience this. Listen to this prayer. This is something I pray, if not every day, at least every other day, at least a few times a week, sometimes six, seven, eight times a day. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Apostle Paul. I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. For what reason? So that you may know him better. Watch this. Look at verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your what? Heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in, in his holy people. And his incomparable. Watch verse 19. Don't miss verse 19. And his incomparably great power for us who what? Believe. So how's that power going to manifest? Believe. What's he saying? Well, back in the Old Testament, Elijah had to pray for God to open up that man's eyes so he would see what's in the natural now, manifesting. Those, those chariots, all those angels. But now, in this age that you and I live, since Jesus rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and the Holy Spirit came to earth, it's about knowing him. It's about the eyes, not these eyes, it's about the eyes of my heart, the eyes of my spirit, the eyes that operate by faith and through faith. 
that they would be open, that they would be illuminated, that they would be flooded with light. For what reason? That I'd be able to see the unseen, that I would be able to know what's on the scene, beyond the scene, in the, in the unseen. What is that all about? The plan that he's got for my life. The promises that he has for me. The things that are up ahead. The direction that he wants for me. And yes, even knowing the plots of the enemy against my life. Against your life. Paul said, I wish that you wouldn't be ignorant of the enemy's devices. What does that mean? That means if he said we don't have to be ignorant, then guess what? We don't have to be ignorant. In other words, we don't have to live through this life feeling like we're, getting, we're in a ring with a boxer that we can't see and we're getting beat up. The Holy Spirit opens up our eyes to see the unseen, to be, to be able to see beyond. And the seen that is unseen is what is necessary for you and I to know so that we can properly and successfully navigate through this life instead of playing like, so, some of us go through life like bumper cars. How many of you remember bumper cars? Used to have them over here in, in Seaside. I don't know if they still have my dad, if the, that thing is still there. I think it's probably been gone for years now, right? Bumper cars, bumper cars. What, I hated that ride. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, what the heck is fun about this? I want to get from here to there. And I got all these obstacles in my way. Well, that's how some of us live. We don't realize that there's an enemy that's constantly throwing obstacles in our way. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one here tonight? We need to see with these eyes of the Spirit his incomparably great power for us who believe. It is faith that unlocks the power. It's faith. It's not a religious deed. It's not something you're going to do. It's not dependent on what you do. It's dependent on what you believe. Amen. Amen. We're not a bunch of pagans and we need to come here and slaughter animals and make sacrifices so God will show up. And neither are we, neither are we supposed to be a bunch of religious people. To, to do some practical things, like religious things. Well, you know, maybe we need to pray more. Maybe we need to do this. Maybe we need to give more. Maybe we need to light some more candles. Maybe we need to do all this stuff. What is that? That is an attempt to get God's attention. Well, if you do an you know, many of us, even, even in our type of belief system here, we can get caught up in, you know, spiritual tap dancing to see if we can get God's attention. How about now, God? Did I dance enough? That's a slap in the face to God. You think there's ever a second of time where he's not aware of your life? You think there's ever a second of time that you don't have his attention? David said, I can go to hell and he's there. Let me ask you this question, man. If you've ever had an opportunity where you feel like you need to pray for your pastor, pray that prayer. That's all I want you to pray. Don't pray those useless prayers. Oh, oh God, bless pastor, bless pastor. But no, don't pray. Pray, Father, grant even more of your spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God to our pastor that the eyes of his understanding would be enlightened, that he would know what the hope of his calling is. Why? Because when he knows what the hope of his calling is, he's going to be able to help you. Amen. Amen. You listening? God's desire has always been that his people would not be ignorant or blind to any of the realities of living life in those two realms. We live in two realms. We are in this physical realm because we're in this physical body. But our spirit 
is connected to heaven. Our spirit, your spirit that's on the inside, you've got a direct connection to the Father in heaven. Are you listening to me? I know some of you, I know some of you hearing this for the first time. And you're like, man, if this is true, this is awesome. It is true. And it is awesome. And you can experience it even more than what you've been experiencing. Some of us experience things in the spirit realm. We don't even know it's the spirit realm. We don't even know. The spiritual reality we now live in as New Testament born-again believers is a realm, listen to me closely, where nothing is impossible to those who believe. You need to take hold of that. If, you don't, if you're not 100% on it, then what you need to do is, I believe this. I believe this. I receive this. I'm going to walk this way. I believe that. I, 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 just, I just believe that Jesus said, nothing is impossible to those who believe. Amen. Nothing's impossible. What's the connector there? Believe. If we train ourselves to live by faith in God, then all that is available from God is alive unto us, even when it cannot be seen with human eyes. If we'll grasp this reality, the end result is going to be this. We will live like Elisha, not like his fearful servant. Are we taping this? We are? So I have to stay up here. Because right now, I want to just wander all over the place. So I guess that will have to be edited. If we'll grasp this reality... The end result in our lives is going to be that you and I will live like Elisha. And let me tell you something, man. If we just lived a quarter of what Elisha lived, our world would completely be different. The power that that man had. That man had so much power in his life that even years and years after he died, there was still power on his bones. There was a group of people that were burying a, a man. They went to the cemetery to bury this guy. And all of a sudden, this band of raiders came over the hill, and then, and then they were scared, they were afraid. They're like, we've got to get rid of this body. What's the only thing around? Elisha's tomb. What do they do? They throw the guy in Elisha's tomb. As soon as he hits those bones, he comes back to life again, jumps out, and they all run out of the cemetery. <laughs> How'd you like to have that kind of power? Now, now listen, that operated in a man who wasn't born again yet. That operated in a man that didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside him. How much more us? How much more should we, we should be operating that way? If we'll train ourselves to live by faith in God, then all that, all that is available from God will be alive to us. Uh, even when, or I should say especially when, it cannot be seen with human eyes. I don't know about you, but I want to live like Elisha. I don't want to live like that fearful servant. I don't want to get up one morning. because I don't know about you, but I just have this imagination. I, re I imagine that guy getting up. He's tired. He goes and grabs a cup of coffee. Elisha's in his own bedroom sleeping, just hanging out. This guy gets up early in the morning, grabs a cup of coffee, pulls the, pulls the drapes aside, and goes, What? Drops the coffee cup, knees start knocking, stomach starts cramping. Why? He just let fear grip him. Well, yeah, that's natural. That's the trouble. It's natural. It's not spiritual. The sight 
gripped him. The sight, are you catching this? The sight of what he saw with natural eyes gripped him. And his first reaction was fear. Why? He did not see what Elisha already had seen. I want to take you to scripture in the Gospels. We just got a minute or two. We're going to finish this up next week. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal. This is Jesus talking. To kill and to destroy. He said the devil's job, the only thing he knows how to do, the only thing he's, the only thing he's capable of doing is killing, destroying, stealing. He said, I came so that they, speaking of us, can have real eternal life. I just went into the message translation. More and better life than they've ever dreamed from. The New King James says, I came that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. I know this is probably one of the most quoted scripture, especially in our kind of churches. We love this scripture. We love John 10.10. 10. We love to talk about abundant life. We love to talk about that stuff. But you know, the majority of people live and die on this earth and never step into abundant life. And you want me to tell you the reason why? Because that abundant life is never seen naturally. It'll manifest in the natural. But people keep looking for abundant life in the natural, and that abundant life is in the realm of the spirit. It starts in the spirit, and it affects your natural. Oh man, that's good. I'm going to say that again. It starts in the spirit and it affects your natural. The biggest reason why people do not experience abundant life is they look at the promise and then they look at their lives because they're so locked into what they can see with natural eyes. They never take hold of that which can only be seen with spiritual eyes. The difference between Elisha and the servant was eyesight. Elisha based his life on what could not be seen with natural eyes. The servant based his life almost exclusively on what he saw with his natural eyes. You can never experience abundant life if all you're ever locked into is what you can see in the natural. Amen. Never. I hope this has been a blessing to you tonight. I've got to stop here. We're going to pick up on this next week. Has this been a blessing to you? Yes. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.